Based in their hidden fortress, Alamut, the Western vampires view this clan as dangerous assassins and diablerists. In reality though, this clan views themselves more as guardians, warriors, scholars, and they've actually tried to distance themselves quite a bit from the Jihad. Throughout their very long history, they have been pretty independent and very proud of it until recently when they've had to join the Camarilla. I am talking about Banu Hakim. Sometimes known as the Asimites, but don't call them that because they don't particularly like it. This clan had a very strong focus on itself. Anytime they sent their assassins out, it was to gain blood or alchemical components for their own purposes, their own research. They weren't very big fans of sharing is caring. The sorcerers of Banu Akim were gathering resources to try to break their blood curse. The blood curse, or the simple version of the blood curse of the Tremier, was a curse that was placed on the Banu Akim by the Tremier, and this happened at the Treaty of Tyre. Now the Treaty of Tyre came around near 1493, 1496, depends on which version you're looking at. The simple version is the Camarilla and the Asamites were in open war with each other, and this was a peace deal that happened after 10 years of violent, violent warfare. The Camarilla agreed to cease all hostilities, and the Asamites also agreed to do the same thing, but because they were known to be Diablerists, or at least that's what the rumor was, they were also given the blood curse, which made vampiric vitae just poisonous to them. That's how this whole thing came about. And they were forbidden from being assassins anymore. They still did this in secret. As a whole, the Banu Akim or the children of Akim, they tried to keep themselves away or separated from the political sphere of other vampires, as I've mentioned. Part of this is just simply because of their geography. When you're so far removed from all the other clans, it doesn't make a lot of sense to make a lot of effort to get involved, especially when it's an inconvenience for you. This was the general attitude until travel became such an easy thing. But the biggest reason that they don't involve themselves in the affairs of any of the other vampire clans is simply because they think they're better than all of them. There's a certain superiority that seems to come with being part of the children of Banu Akim. In most cases, they don't feel that they need to resort to politics to get their own goals or get their own aims. This does not mean that they are not good at playing the game if it absolutely came down to it. Many of the clan's viziers are especially good at this political game, but the clan as a whole is more prone to taking the, the easy option or the least complicated option. One of the drawbacks to this for the clan is they have no political skill, they have no great allies, they have no deep-seated enemies, which is a good thing, but when you don't have allies because you haven't been playing the game, you haven't made your friends or your enemies this way, it's really easy for an Asamite to get taken advantage of this way. They are just simply not as practiced at it as many of the other kindred because they've been doing it for millennia. The children of Akim do have a council, they do have a ruling body. They have several of them. The Council of Scrolls was in charge of finding new technologies, going out into the world, bringing them back, learning how to integrate it into Hakim society. The Council of Duat, they were responsible for setting clan policy, as well as finding leaders for each of the castes of Hakim society. The Caliph was in charge of the warrior caste, 
the Ammer for the Sorcerer cast, and the Vizier for the Vizier cast. I will have more on all of these coming up. When Western civilization began to make its appearance or rise up, if you will, when that happened, the Banu Akim had a bit of a collision course with society. This was around the height of the Persian dominance. When I say Western world, I mean things like Rome. Up until this time, the Banu Akim had only had short, brief encounters with just a few of the vampire clans, the Bruja, the Ravnos, the Setites, and the Zemisi. As Rome expanded and the Byzantium Empire grew, vampires also moved along with them. The vampire society did try to rule over the humans and take control of what it was that they were building, which was a very complex society. The vampires, the Canaanites, they simply underestimated what humankind was capable of. The Banu Akim, they kind of drifted through the Roman society as time progressed. They were, they didn't rock the boat. There was no significant impact on the rise or fall of Rome when it comes to the Banu Akim. They largely just contracted their services out as bodyguards, as scholars, not only to the Roman society, but also to the Ventru and the Malkavians. After the destruction of Carthage, the Banu Akim, they gave up on the city. They were not a big fan of the political web and just the complexities of this particular empire. They, it wasn't for them. They were, however, more interested in the Persian empire, which was growing in the east. And the Banu Akim, they actively encouraged this Parthian growth in the area, which eventually took over Mesopotamia. This new home represented different things to several members of the clan, but it all brought them to the same place. Some saw it as a promised land where they could satisfy their hunger, whether that was for battle, blood, learning. Others enjoyed it simply because it wasn't chaos. It was at this point in history that the children of Akim, they integrated themselves into society and they actively protected this part of the land because the romans tried to come in but they kept them out parthia became very important to the children of akim and they made the decision to actively protect it which meant that they actively fought against the vampires that tried to come in from rome fast forwarding to the more modern days of the vampire setting the blood curse was actually broken around 1998 Urshulgi, I think I'm pronouncing that one right, was a direct descendant or a direct child of Hakim himself. He was asleep or in torpor for about 18 centuries, but when he woke up, his extreme and powerful command of magic allowed him to undo the blood curse. It took him about a week. Once the Banu Hakim or the Asamites were free to drink Vitae, they went on a binge, and that's why many of the Asamites are addicted to blood now. In short form, this event was known as the Schism. The Asamites, they split during this particular event. Urshulgi demanded that they go back to some pretty extreme laws laid down by the original Hakim. And Urshulgi was really not nice to anyone who worshipped any gods other than Hakim, which was very bad news for some of the Muslim Asamites. This caused the Banu Akim to split. The viziers and sorcerers, they went to the Camarilla, and the warriors, they went to the Sabbat. And some Banu Akim, they just left entirely. They gave a big old middle finger to all the sects and said, we're gonna go do it ourselves. In the V5 timeline, as things have come out of the 20th century or the 20th anniversary edition, the Ashira have formed some alliance with the Camarilla. This was out of self-preservation because they wanted to stop the aggression from the Sabbat. 
This is how we get the Banu Akim name, and it changes from Asamites. The Banu Akim, who now worship Urshulgi, they've turned their back on their previous religions, and many of the vampires or canine society view them as their undoing, simply because they've gone back to mass diablery. And this is very, very scary to the rest of vampire kind. The children of Akim have always thought that their founder was the judge of all vampires. And many, no matter where they are in vampire society right now, still maintain this. The Banu Akim have gone on to position themselves into modern society with many of their contacts or those that they have significant sway or power over. They are in positions of power, police force, security force. Some are even in organized crime. If other clans are looking to take out a specific target, then you need to talk to one of the Banu Akim's contacts because they will use the law or illegal other means to have a mortal silenced. Now, as I mentioned, there are three castes of Banu Akim, and I'm going to talk about them, but it's important to know that no matter which line you are, they are considered Banu Akim, but each line functions as if it was its own clan. A warrior will make warrior childer. A vizier will have a vizier childer, and a sorcerer, well, you get the idea. Sorcerers are perhaps the second most recognizable of the clan. They claim to have a significant mastery over blood magic because they have been practicing it for a very long time, like going back to the second city. The sorcerer's magics, they go back to their Mesopotamia and Persian times. They stem from some of those rituals, but now they include some of the more modern religions. A sorcerer will usually send themselves into some kind of altered consciousness to practice and focus their magic. This can come in many forms. Drugs, getting yourself into some kind of trance, self-flagellation, or any other method that seems to work for this particular sorcerer. They also have their own internal hierarchy, which is arranged by age and prestige. The Vizier cast are the least known type of Banu Akim. They are also the oldest, at least according to the Vizier themselves. Viziers are scholars and artisans. Where a Toreador can get lost in contemplation, a Vizier can get lost in explosive creativity. Viziers pursue artistic perfection and knowledge, basically like it's a fetish. They do tend to be quite isolated, and they do tend to have a lot of obsessive compulsive, which goes along with some of their tendencies and their, their creative pursuits. The Viziers will also organize themselves by age and prestige in their clan, at least when it comes to their hierarchy. Now, the Asamite anti-tribu, they look like just about everyone else in the Banu Akim. They're probably the most easily recognizable. They are definitely way more accepting of those who want to join their ranks than some of the other ones that I've mentioned. Asamite anti-tribu are the primary assassins for the Sabbat. They do not go for the blood of their elders because they are free of the blood curse. They don't diablerize their own sect. What they do instead, which makes much more sense, is every hundred years they ritually sacrifice the eldest one in their clan and they do a ritual blood draining sacrifice and they drink the elder's blood. The reason this is important is because the elder or whoever takes on this completes this ritual and they drink this blood in this ritual sacrifice. Now the blood of the Lasombra is a third generation vampire. This is why they do that. They keep that line continually running because they just literally pass down the blood in the sacrifice. 
If you're going to blend Werewolf into your Vampire game, I would specifically say that the Banu Akim would work very well with the Naga. Most of the other Pharah consider Naga to be extinct. There are some known to the Beast Courts in the Henji okay. The fact that they are believed dead works out entirely into the Naga's plan. They are also Gaia's assassins, and they function a little bit like secret police. Their job is to find those who have fallen to corruption and cut it out. Now, the Naga have a very strong affiliation with water. This shows in the fact that they have an aquatic snake form. And many of the spirits that work with the Naga, they will have ties to water as well. Similar to the Banu Akim, the Naga are ruled by a single council which goes with the name of Sesha. Their job is to interpret the will of those who made them in the first place and lay down laws for the clan on how they are to operate. Thank you for the support from all of my brand new patrons. Shane Loves Games, Kyle R, Dave Blenner. My name's Nathaniel. This has been The Maple Table. Thanks for stopping by, everyone.